Hi, buddies. It's the moment you've been waiting for. I can't wait for this interview myself. This is my good buddy, Dr. Patch Adams, and my new buddy, Derek Bubsby. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Fabulous. Unbelievable. Glad to hear. For those who have never seen the movie or who have never written a letter to Patch like I have, um, why don't you tell them, tell them a little bit about yourself? Well, I grew up in a military family overseas on military bases. My father died from war when I was 16. I was a strange child. I was not a manly man. And we moved back to the South in 1961 to my mother's heritage. And my life changed forever in a public park at a public drinking fountain that said whites only. I lost it. My mom was a great mom, but she wasn't an activist. And I could not believe that there were people that hated people for color and wanted to take their rights away. So I had my three mental hospitalizations at 17. I didn't want to live in a world of violence and injustice. And then I saw Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. I was present there. And I realized, stupid, you don't kill yourself. You make revolution of love. And so at 18, I started that revolution by deciding to never have another bad day. So I haven't had a bad day since I was 18 and I'm now 75. I decided to be six qualities all the time, happy, funny, loving, cooperative, creative, and thoughtful. I went to college. I got in medical school after three years. And uh, within a month, I saw nothing right about America's healthcare delivery system. Hospitals were boring. Most of my, the doctors were males, white, arrogant. Well, I say pricks often, and, and I was trained. I didn't get one lecture on love or, or health or being healthy or diet, exercise, that, wonder, curiosity, passion, or hope all of which I knew were why I was so happy. And so in medical school, since I, I'm a nerd, I didn't have to study much. I, I thought about what kind of hospital would I like to work in. So I designed the Gesundheit Institute. And in 1971, when I graduated, nobody gave me a hospital. Darn. So we did what hippies did in 1971. 20 of us, three of us doctors, moved into a large six-bedroom house and said we were a hospital, open 24-7. We did that for 12 years, had 500 to 1,000 people in our home each month with five to 50 overnight guests a night. I made a personal decision never to give a psychiatric diagnosis or a psychiatric medicine because I hated what they did to me when I was in a mental hospital. And I really, through voracious reading, realized that mental illness is a pharmaceutical diagnosis and that what people are suffering from was a loss of tribal life, unconnected to nature and unconnected to the arts. And that psychiatric medications are horrible. So in 50 years, I never gave a psychiatric diagnosis or a medicine as a family doctor. I also saw that 7.8 minutes is not enough time with a patient. So I found that I liked three to four hours of interviewing because people were complicated and I was trying to create a deep relationship with people. 
And so I, I realized that I was trained to be a pill-pushing doctor, not an intelligence-pushing doctor. And there were other kinds of healing arts that were coming forward in, in those times in the 70s. And they were against the law, but I didn't care about the law because they helped patients. So acupuncture and naturopathy, homeopathy, Ayurvedic, anthroposophic, faith healing, uh, herbal medicine, that they all joined the team. And after 12 years of not having any donations for our hospital, I suppose it's too radical and having a lot of foundation rejections. Let me describe our fantasy hospital. It's free for everybody. I've been a free doctor for 50 years, never made a penny. And that I would like all of the staff to live at this hospital as a communal eco-village and all make the same salary from the cleaning person to the surgeon, three to $400 a month. And so I wanted it to be in the poorest state. So in 1980, we bought 327 acres in Pocahontas County, West Virginia. And we have three waterfalls, cave behind the waterfalls, four acre lake, a mountain of hardwood trees, rich bottom land that's had no chemicals in it since 1980. And we want not only to have a communal eco-village hospital, but we want to have a fully operating permaculture farm and an artist colony. And the movie of my life made, made I had a level of fame through newspaper, adver, newspaper articles and radio and TV shows from 1985 on, but in 1998, the Patch Adams movie was released with Robin Williams, and it became one of the most popular films in history. And so we closed our doors in 1983. I was feeling a real emptiness from not caring for patients, and so I started writing letters, and I don't mean emails. I don't know how to use the computer. I have written 400,000 longhand letters to 139 countries, and I'm caught up. And the other thing I did was to start clown trips in 1985, and we've done over 300, and people have, from ages 3 to 92 have gone on clown trips. We don't require you to have any clowning experience because we know where we go will give you clown experience. And before the COVID, we were doing, uh, oh golly, uh, how many clown trips a year? Six or seven. Six or seven. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's enough. Mm -hmm. Can you explain a little more? Mm -hmm. Can you explain a little more of these clown trips? Like, what are they, what are they? What are like they're? They sound like missing. Well, everyone pays their own way, mm -hmm. and we spend one or two weeks in hospitals, orphanages, prisons, nursing homes. In Trinidad, we clowned for five men who were hung the next morning for capital crimes. Five times we've taken groups of clowns into war. 
And so it's a lot of fun. We get up and have two or three gigs a day and make fools of ourselves. That does sound fun. Now, um, one question I wanted to ask you, you know, there's this, there's this whole COVID-19 going on in this world. Um, and it seems to be bringing out a lot of negativity in people. How do you think people can find joy during this time? You can bet they had negativity before. Oh, yes. They've just increased it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, my experience with patients in 50 years is that very few lived radiant lives. Whether they were rich or poor or pretty or ugly or whatever their job was, that it's not taught. Love, the most important thing in life, I haven't found a single school, and I've lectured in 82 countries, I haven't found a single school that teaches one hour on loving K through 12. And they're not really teaching wonder and curiosity and, and humor and those kinds of things. They're, you need to know the capital of South Dakota. And so, yeah, wow. <laughs> it's, it's astounding to me that I say things like, if you have food and a friend, what are you bitching about? And I mean it. <laughs> we, we have a society of complaining. Our news is bad news. Sometimes I'll put something cute on the news, but by and large, it's bad news. And that we have almost no education in relationships. And so, in a way, COVID interrupted people's going shopping, richer people going traveling, and... You know, I think it's generally true for Americans that they don't like to be told what to do. So a lot of them have been going around without masks and without keeping a distance. And so I would say for complainers or irritated or depressed people, be glad you're alive, okay, especially since... 154,000 Americans have died from COVID and a lot more have been infected. It's so amazing that we don't know how to enjoy. The number one prescribed pills are antidepressants. That's before COVID. And I don't even believe that depression is an illness. I think it's a symptom of loneliness. You can't be depressed if you're thinking of a friend. It's not a friend. Because <laughs> a friend means that you're not going to be depressed. I'm not a believer in God, but God can be. That's a great friend because, you know, you, you never have to meet them. You never, you just have to believe in them. And so it's a. Uh, it is interesting, you know, home for the animal world is a nest or a cave or a clearing. And yet for most people, home is a nightmare. 
most couples are not happy. And so when you go home from work, you go home to an unhappy marriage or coupling. And so the, these are, to blame it on COVID that you're having a bad day. Now, if you, because of COVID, have lost your job, maybe lost your house, that can be a concern. But how can you be an adult that you don't have 10 different houses with friends that you could go to? I mean that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, you touched on it a little bit, but as you can see, the name BuddyCast has the name Buddy in it. What, can you explain more of the importance of being someone's buddy? Like being someone's now, friend. I use the word friend. <laughs> okay, for me, the friend is the ultimate relationship. That since I don't believe in God, friends are my God. And why not make friends wherever you go? Where I food shop, I make friends with the people that work there. So why not approach the world as if everyone is a buddy you just don't know very much? I love that statement. Now, you also have, uh, you also have a few books out there. You want to talk about those for a second? One is called Gesundheit. It's about the history and philosophy of our work. And the other is called House Calls, which is about the personalities to take when you're visiting. Very beautiful. So let me ask you, what are you up to today? I'm on an interview. <laughs> I and love I it. Do, I, I've been, for 30 years, I've been on the road probably 250 to 300 days a year. And 6.8 million miles. And so I'm home now, and I'm home with my sweetheart, I'm the luckiest man in history that Susan loves me. I've got a fabulous partner in crime and Derek. And we're trying to build a hospital and I write letters and study things. And, you know, I, I feel rich in every way. That was beautiful. What's it like working with Derek? You know, he's not a complainer. And he, I think he loves this project like I love it. Mm -hmm. And that he, I'm thrilled that he knows so much about the internet because I don't have to know anything about it. Because I think the smartphone and the internet have really affected adversely certainly young people. Mm -hmm. And so I really appreciate that he dares to do it and, sh and shows great pleasure in it. Mm -hmm. He lives across the street, so he's nearby. And, you know, I've had a few assistants and he's the easiest and I think the best assistant I've had. If you don't mind me asking Derek, what's it like working with Patch? 
It's interesting. I the worked probably eight or nine years in retail before this. And yeah, I'm putting me on the spot. <laughs> I'm listening. It's fun. You know, you never know what to expect each day. Uh, when Patch is traveling, I'm usually at the office, emails, some phone calls, a lot of bookkeeping. You know, I'm the person who has to keep track of all that fun stuff. So, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now, now it's time for a question that I ask all of my buddies that come on the show, all my friends to come on the show. And I know the answer to this. So this is your shining moment here. If you could have our audience donate to one charity of your choice, what would it be? Well, I am a fundraiser. Mm -hmm. In the United States, your medical bill is the number one reason you lose your home and 70% of bankruptcies. It's an embarrassment to the profession. It's wrong. And that we've designed a hospital that eliminates 90% of the cost. I mean, imagine a hospital where the surgeon who's wealthy and the cleaning person who struggles make the same salary, a very low salary. I want to scare people how low the salary is and to show that by us being buddies, we collectively are rich. And so I need your help. Whoever is listening in, I'm in the 50th year of something I thought would take five. The movie promised to build our hospital and gave me nothing and make, gave them hundreds of millions of dollars. And most of the promises made me didn't happen. I'm looking for an authentic donation whether it's $5 or $500, whatever it is, I want you to know that your donation will go towards loving service, playful service to humankind, and that because of the fame, once we're built and showing a hospital at 10% of the cost, we're going to be scary to the greedy profession. So please donate. You can donate online at patchadams.org and you can send a donation, a check or something, a gold bar to 122 Franklin Street, Urbana, Illinois, 61801. And uh, if you have other creative ways to uh, make a donation, great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do it today. Most definitely. Now, you mentioned something earlier, too. You handwrite letters to everyone that's written to you. I've written plenty of letters to you. Um, what's that like? Like, have, have you had any truly unique ones, truly ones that have touched your heart? Thousands, tens of thousands. I've mm -hmm. saved every one of them. Mm -hmm. I've answered every one of them. And so, yes, it's communication. Mm -hmm. 
It's exploration. I've had 15-page letters that are fascinating. I've had some scary letters. And most of them are inquiring letters. Or sometimes they're people, and this happens with famous people, they're people who saw the movie and just wanted to say, love the movie or something like that. I like deep letters, long ones. That is beautiful. I'll have to write you another letter soon. And now it's time for what I call the ultimate buddy, buddy cast question. Oh, mm -hmm. I'll hold on to my seat. Mm -hmm. What is your advice? I'm going to ask you for two pieces of advice. Number one. What is your advice for someone who wants to become a doctor? And number two, what is your advice for someone who should be having more fun, like wants to become a clown or wants to, you know, find more joy in this world? So the, give me the first question as yep. stated. What is your advice to anyone who wants to become a doctor? The most important advice I can give is you can be exactly the doctor you decide to be. And if you don't, the business of medicine will decide it for you. Mm -hmm. And the second piece of advice for anyone who wants to be a clown, who wants to spread more joy into this world. That's what different than the second question was stated before, but I'll answer mm -hmm. it that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the greatest lesson I can offer is to come on one of our clown trips, to sign up for an e-newsletter for the, our website, patchadams.org. And when you see that we're doing clown trips again, come, because people are really affected by it and, and become clowns, many of them. So... You know, at the core of answering the question is, if you have food and a friend, be happy. And if you don't have food and a friend, be happy and make them. That one option in life is to be exactly who you decide to be. And if you are exactly who you decide to be, you'll be surprised how much you like it. That was truly beautiful. Great advice. Thank you so much. To all my buddies out there, this is my buddy, Patch Adams. He's been my pen pal for many years. I encourage you all, please help him build his dream. Help him in any way you can. Just build his dream. And, you know, I, I hope one day, once all this stuff clears up, that I can come visit you, you know. It'd be awesome to meet you in person rather than over a screen or just another letter, you know? Well, come on a clown trip. Absolutely. I'm looking into it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. It was a pleasure to have you. It was an honor. And as I say to all my buddies out there, go be someone's buddy today. Great. Yeah. We'll catch you next time here on BuddyCast. Okie dokie. Yeah.